You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. In this world, there's nobody that's perfect. There's nobody that's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. So in this world, everybody makes mistakes. Because everybody makes mistakes. Everybody experiences rejection. There's nobody that's not experienced rejection in this world. Some people experience rejection in their families. Others experience rejection in the marketplace. So everybody experiences rejection. Everybody makes mistakes. So if everybody makes mistakes, everybody experiences rejection. Why is it that there's certain people that's successful? Why is it that certain people, even though they make mistakes, they experience rejection, they still reach the top? It's obviously got to do with your reaction, the way you respond to these different things. Because the Bible says in the book of Romans, there's nobody that's righteous. There's nobody that's perfect. The Passion Translation says everybody makes mistakes. There is no one who always does what is right. No, not even one. That's why we need to have grace with people. Because everybody makes mistakes. Even though all of us experience rejection, all of us make mistakes, there's hope. The question you have to ask yourself, why is it that when everybody makes mistakes, everybody experiences rejection, some people can reach to the top? It's got to do with the fact that they get up every time they make a mistake. Ask yourself, what is your reaction when you make a mistake? When you have sinned, how do you respond to that sin, that mistake that you've made? If you run to God and you ask for forgiveness, you're acting in wisdom. But if you try to cover up your mistakes, I mean, if you make excuses for your mistakes... Your mistakes will not be excused. You have to run to God. So it's got to do with your heart attitude. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody experiences rejection. How do you respond to rejection? When people reject you, what is your response? Do you want to reject them before they reject you? People that find themselves in relationships. But if you know that God is in control of your life, your response to rejection can be different. Then you can turn that rejection into divine direction. And this will bring me to my sermon topic for this morning. Turn your rejection into divine direction. In life I've seen the biggest mistakes that people make. It's not the mistakes that they make, but the way they respond to their mistakes. When somebody treat you in a wrong way or they sin or they make a mistake the way you respond can be a greater mistake or a greater sin than was actually done towards you so it's got to do about your heart attitude when you make a mistake are you truly sorry about the mistake that you've made or you're always trying to cover it up listen what the bible says in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10, the Passion Translation says, God designed us 
to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. The New King James translation says, For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. You know, many people experience rejection, but the rejection is not even there. You go to work and you think your colleagues are rejecting you. Not because they are rejecting you, but because you've got rejection issues on the inside. You've prayed and your prayer has not been answered immediately. Now you think God is rejecting your prayer. Whereas God is just busy considering your prayer request. Maybe even to preserve you. Okay, let me give you a very good example. The contract that you've been praying for. If you had received that contract, if you'd received that contract and you've signed, would you have been here this morning? No. So God still wants to strengthen your desire for Him. Maybe He wants to strengthen your prayer life. He's busy perfecting everything concerning you, but you experiencing it as rejection from God. The truth is, God has not rejected you, but God has accepted you because He sent Jesus Christ to this earth to die for you. So in somebody has a mindset where they think God has rejected them, they need to renew their mind. God has not rejected you. If God rejected you, He would never have sent Jesus Christ. He sent Jesus Christ to make a way for you so that you can know that you're accepted. A matter of fact, the same way that God the Father loves Jesus, He loves you in the same way. So when it comes to rejection, everybody experiences rejection. But God has not rejected you. If you're born again, you'll know that your Father is in heaven. Let me tell you something. Somebody that is truly born again, you need to renew your mind. The Bible teaches us this seed, Jesus Christ, that came from Abraham. That seed now is on the inside of each one who is born again. That seed, Jesus Christ, cannot sin. Or answer me this question. Can Jesus sin? Jesus cannot sin. Jesus never sinned. Jesus became your sin so that you can receive His righteousness. So that seed on the inside, when you are born again, you don't want to sin anymore. So when people treat you in a wrong way, because you are born again and you're yielding to the Spirit, it will produce life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. So the part of you, your spirit, that is joined to Jesus cannot sin. So there's a part on the inside of you that cannot sin anymore. Your spirit. It's your spirit that is justified just as if you've never sinned. Now you have to get your mind sanctified. If you don't change your thinking, your behavior would not change. Your words will not change. So when you are born again, there's a part on the inside that cannot sin. Your spirit man. That's why when people behave in a wrong way towards you or reject you, lean towards the spirit because as soon as you start leading towards the flesh, is when you start sinning. This flesh is a problem. When somebody offends you or hurts you, do you know who I am? It's the flesh that gets hurt. 
And everybody has experienced rejection. But just because you've experienced rejection gives you no right as a born-again child to respond with rejection. Because hurting people hurt. And if God has dealt with that hurt on the inside, you don't have to hurt people anymore. Listen to what the Bible says here. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, 1 John 3, 9. Everyone who is truly God's child will refuse to keep sinning because God's seed remains within him. And he is unable to continue sinning because he has been fathered by God himself. God himself is busy fathering you. He's adopted you. He's accepted you, not rejected you. You decide if he's your father or not. But he has sent Jesus Christ to make a way so that you can be fathered by him. 1 Peter 1 verse 23, the Passion Translation says, For through the eternal and living word of God you have been born again, and this seed that he planted within you can never be destroyed, but will live and grow inside of you forever. You know why there is hope for you? Because Jesus Christ, the anointed one, lives on the inside of you. Paul says the answer, the solution is, I have to crucify this flesh and I have to listen to the Holy Spirit and start living a life being led by the Holy Spirit and not a life where I'm reasoning in my mind the whole time. You come to church, you can come to church and experience rejection. Walk in here and an usher doesn't greet you. Oh, this church, loving God, loving people. They're rejecting me. There's no reason for you to feel rejected anymore. Christ has made a way. He's accepted you so that you don't have to experience rejection. You don't have to be concerned about sin. If you make a mistake, run to Jesus. But the flesh will want to tell you, hmm, I don't make mistakes. King David, when he sinned, and he realized he had sinned. He dropped his king's cloak. He says, this king's cloak, I'm dropping it. On his knees, Father, forgive me. I have sinned. Do not let your spirit depart from me. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah 26 verse 3. So family, the key is, don't focus upon all the corruptible things being pushed against you. But focus upon the incorruptible seed on the inside of you. Leaning towards the Spirit will give you the victory. The key is not to suppress the flesh. The more you want to suppress the flesh, the more the flesh will jump up. The key is to be led by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Don't try and suppress the flesh. Remember the law. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. The more you, thou shalt not, thou sh the more you want to do it. If I say, don't touch this pulpit, put a sign here, don't touch, you'll see people will just come and walk here. But don't put anything here. Nobody touches the pulpit ever. <laughs> don't suppress the flesh by laws. You want peace on the inside of you. And Christ has provided that peace. It says peace that surpasses all understanding. Not the peace of the world. The peace that comes from God. The peace of the world says, you be nice to me, then I'll feel good. It's based on happiness. What happens to you? The joy of the Lord comes from the inside because you know you're linked up with God. 
Isaiah 26 was there, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Can you see the need to renew your mind? To start thinking better. It's all your wrong thinking that's getting you to do wrong things. Because what you're thinking about, what you're meditating, at a certain time it will start to happen. What you think about will happen. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Ephesians 2 verse 8. Here's the key. To get peace from sin, to get peace from rejection, all of us needs to be saved from our sins. We need to be saved and delivered from rejection. The Bible says, by grace you have been saved. The antidote for sin is to rely on God's grace that He has forgiven you, treating you better than what you deserve. But when it comes to rejection, grace is also the answer. Remember, in the beginning you might think, when people reject me, how can I respond in grace? You don't know how they've hurt me. You don't know how many times they've rejected me. Family, in the beginning it seems very difficult to respond with grace. But if you realize that Jesus Christ, in His greatest hour of rejection, even being rejected by God and man, responded with grace. The book of Mark, the Passion Translation said, Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you turned your back on me? When He was clothed with your sin and my sin, God the Father couldn't look at Him anymore. And God the Father rejected him, left him. The new King James says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you rejected me? And for the first time, Jesus felt separated, rejected by God the Father. How did he respond? He responded with grace, saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was throwing grace at that rejection. When people reject you, don't respond with rejection. Oh, you think you can reject me? I'll show you what's rejection. That's your flesh. But the Spirit will say, let's throw grace at it. Do you know why you have to show grace? Because you still need grace. And I was thinking just about men that has gone through this in the Bible. Then I thought about Mr. Mandela. What severe rejection did he experience in his life? But when he was released, he responded with grace. He responded with mercy with everybody around him. That's why that rejection never started to define him. But that rejection refined him. When you walk in the Spirit, that rejection will become your friend. But when you're focusing on the flesh, the reasoning in your mind, when people reject you, you'll see it as humiliation. These people are humiliating me. And you might say with your mouth, I forgive them. But in your heart you say, wait, your time will come, I'm going to get you. Family, listen to me. Your heart shouts louder or your heart sounds louder in heaven 
than your words here on earth. God looks into your heart. So rejection, will you use it as an opportunity for divine direction or will it start to destroy your life? Jesus, at this greatest point of rejection, responded with grace. The antidote for rejection is to respond with grace. Mark 15, verse 34. Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you turned your back on me? Remember David experienced rejection from a young age. He was rejected by his father. He was rejected by his brothers. Rejection in the family is one of the worst kind of rejection. Remember when the man of God, the prophet Samuel, came and said, please call all the siblings, all the brothers, bring them together, we want to have a feast. His father did not even invite him. They didn't even, they either just thought, ugh, this little boy, let him, he's not even part of the family. They didn't consider him to be part of the family. Or they thought, well, he's just not important enough. And they kept him out. It's rejection from his parents. And the man of God had to say, is there nobody else? Go call him. Oh, oh yeah, this, what's this boy? Oh, yes, that one boy of ours is looking after the sheep. But he's a nobody. His brother on the battlefield again said, you arrogant, what are you doing here? You've just come to do, rejected by his family. So David had rejection from a young age, experienced rejection, rejection from a young age. And as I went and I, I studied the word of God, I saw somebody that really impressed me. A woman in the Bible by the name of Abigail. You heard of Abigail? Abigail was married to Nabal. And the Bible says this man, his name actually means fool. But the Bible says he was a harsh man and he had an evil heart. Do you know people like that? But the Bible says Abigail that was married to him lived with him in understanding. Can you imagine a harsh husband with an evil heart? Now the devil can only use people with an evil heart because he himself is evil. But we read that David came and assisted his shepherds when they were shearing the goats and the sheep and there was a lot of them, thousands. He protected them and then there was a high feast. There was a feast, a day of feasting. So David sent these men to Nabal to say, listen, it's a day of feasting. We've helped you, protected you. Can you maybe just provide some things that we can be part of this feast? And Nabal responded with harshness towards David and his servants. He said, who does David think he is? What servant is he? David was anointed as king then already. He says, tell him to go away. And this message came to David. And David, remember, he was a bit of a hothead. He got angry and he said, that's it. 400 men, get your swords. Let's get ready. Let's just go sort out these guys. Let's go kill them. But this message came to Abigail. And she heard about it and she quickly made her way to him. And she met with him. And when she met David in his fury, in his anger, in his rejection... She acknowledged him. So when people are going through rejection, acknowledge them. She said to him, you are the anointed one. We know that God is with you. A matter of fact, she, he, David said, God has anointed me. I know God goes with me. Let's go sort out these men. Surely I'm going to kill all of them. But because this woman had a habit of responding with grace in her home, 
When Nabal was harsh towards her, she would respond in grace. When you respond with grace, you'll have wisdom and understanding in your heart. But when you want to respond with rejection, pride and anger, you'll make foolish decisions. Can you see David, because of his rejection, was ready to kill I don't know how many people, probably hundreds. And he was ready to take 400 people with him to commit the same sin with him. You know why I salute this woman? Because I'm thinking in my own mind, living like this, she must have prayed a lot, God help me, do something, intervene. And here David the anointed is coming. She came to David and she said, let whatever what's happened, let all of it be on me. If I had known earlier, I would have intervened. I would have responded with grace because I know this man's name means fool. He behaves like a fool. He responds like a fool. My household, I have sinned. Forgive me. She took responsibility. If you don't take responsibility for your sin, if you don't take responsibility for your rejection, nothing in your life will change. Now look at that. And she fell at his feet and said, On me, my Lord, on me let this iniquity be. It's Nabal sinning, behaving like a fool, rejecting David. But it's her husband. They are one. She takes responsibility. She responds with grace towards David and all his men. Wow. What an amazing heart. Wisdom. The Bible mentioned that she walked in understanding. So when he behaved like a fool, when he rejected her, she would respond with grace. Grace is the only antidote against rejection. Family, listen to me quickly. David was obviously rejected. Then he became offended. When you're offended, there's unforgiveness, there's resentment. There's hatred. When you get to a place of hatred, you become a murderer. So he obviously said, I've had enough. But when these things are in your heart, you cannot be efficient anymore. Your efficiency is determined by your heart. So Nabon was a fool, no efficiency in his heart. A harsh man, an evil heart, the Bible says. David is anointed, and even though he's anointed, when he got offended, even the anointing didn't help him. Because he was now reasoning in the natural. He was now offended. He was experiencing that rejection. Your efficiency is determined by your heart, and your heart determines your efficiency. Many of you at work have become bitter towards your colleagues. Because they got promoted because they've been more efficient than you. Because things are troubling your heart the whole time. Now you cannot be as efficient as you should be. But when you have peace in your heart, and every situation that comes against you, you're throwing grace towards it, you're responding in grace. Like Abigail, you can walk in understanding and you can make the right decision. She was the only one who made a right decision. She saved a whole household. Of being killed because she was not bitter, because she did not respond in rejection, 
She didn't let rejection define her. You can have the best qualification, but if your heart is troubled, you will not be efficient the way that you should be. You've seen many times somebody is not even as well qualified as you. They've not been doing the job as long as you, and now they're more efficient than you. Okay, let me give you a very good example. You open your Bible, and you say, now I'm going to spend some time with God just to lead me and direct me. God, speak to me. And before you know, an hour or an hour and a half has gone by thinking about this person that's upset you. You want to read your Bible, but for an hour and a half you're thinking about Nabal. Is it because you don't have the Bible in your hands? No, because of your heart. Your heart determines your efficiency, and your efficiency is determined by your heart. Many of you have walked out of jobs, walked away from promotions when it was one step away. Because you responded in rejection when you perceived something as rejection. When you have rejection or experience rejection, you will respond in two ways. Either pride. Can you see what they've done to me again and again and again? Now again they, they're rejecting me. I should have got the promotion and look now. Look at my qualifications, my year of service. They said I'm next in line and out. <laughs> Can you see what they're doing? That's pride. Or you'll respond from insecurity. What have I done wrong now again? It's me, isn't it? It's me. We did it. I'm, I'm the one. Both of them are a sin. Because in Christ you are secure and you accept it. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, that humiliation will be turned into humility. And where there's humility, God's presence will manifest. And where God's presence manifests, you'll see God's glory. The devil tried to humiliate David. He tried to humiliate Daniel. He tried to humiliate Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Tried to humiliate Esther. Naomi, you can name them. But they were led by the Holy Spirit. And God turned that humiliation into humility. And He could manifest His glory and presence. And every time God's glory and presence manifests, you'll see people's lives being changed. Amen. It's time to allow your rejection to be turned into divine direction. Then rejection will become your friend because you know the end intended by the Lord. But when the flesh is still alive, it's very, very difficult. Anybody wants to belong. As a matter of fact, people don't just want to belong, they want to feel that they are part of the inner circle. They don't want to just be a part of the church. They want to feel like I can walk up to the pastor and actually go and greet him and say hello. It's the truth. And that's a pastor. Amen? They want to feel that they belong. But in many churches, people are experiencing rejection. In families, people are experiencing rejection in the marketplace. Humility produces wisdom. It produces victory. 
1 Peter 5 or 6. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. James 4 verse 6. But He continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. A proud person will say, I'm right and you're wrong. It's not about who's right and wrong. God is not a God of right and wrong. God is a God of good and evil. You can be right and your heart can be evil. And you can be wrong and your heart can be good. Because when you make a mistake and you go to God and say, please forgive me, you have a good heart. Amen? Let me tell you something about the beautiful gift of rejection. Sometimes God will allow you to go through things so that he can position you for the future. Rejection. Rejection gives you the rare opportunity to become less. To be diminished. And John said, I should become less so that he can become more. Then when rejection comes, you will say, thank you, Jesus. You are in control of my life. Rejection oftentimes puts you at a place where you can be alone. When you're alone, now you'll focus on Jesus. Remember the woman that was, had five husbands at the well of Samaria. Jesus spoke to her when she was alone, not when everybody was there. So this opportunity to be alone is an opportunity for Jesus to communicate with you. To meet with you. Remember the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. When did Jesus start talking to her? When everybody had left. Everybody had left. Sometimes when you've been rejected, you're alone. It's very quiet. When it's then you won't run away from it. You'll run to it. You want to go from glory to glory. Ever wondered why the disciples wrote things like, we glory in tribulation? Have you read it and think, what were these guys thinking? We glory in tribulation. Ah, we count it all joy when we fall into various trials. What were you thinking? But they had a revelation of something that we don't understand. That even in trials, we're going to say, thank you, Jesus, because now God is busy working on the inside of me to form my character, to get me ready, so that His name can be glorified in me and through me. Now that rejection becomes divine direction. That humility attracts God's presence. Proverbs 11, verse 2, it says, When you act with presumption, do yourself a favor and go study the sin of presumption. When you act in presumption, the sin of presumption, you think you can just do something. God gives graces to everybody. We are not equally gifted. No, yes. 
We're not equally gifted. God gives different strengths to different people so that we would depend upon one another, that we would know we need one another, so that your strength can become my strength, and your strength my strength, that we can be each other's keeper, each other's strength. When you act with presumption, convinced that you're right, don't be surprised if you fall flat on your face. But walking in humility helps you to make wise decisions. The ability to make good decisions or God decisions is determined by your heart. A matter of fact, true humility is a total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ for everything. Humility is not a place of weakness. But it's a position where God comes and He places honor upon you. Proverbs 18 verse 12. Listen here. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty. And before honor is humility. Listen to what the Passion Translation says. And a man's heart is the proudest when his downfall is the nearest. For he won't see glory until the Lord sees humility. He won't see glory until the Lord sees humility. Family, the only reason why people don't repent is because of pride. I'm not wrong. You were wrong. It's pride. When there's pride in your heart, Obadiah 1 verse 3 says, The pride of my heart has deceived me. Can you see how pride deceived David's heart even though he was anointed? Because you have to look after your heart, guard your heart the whole time. Peter rejected Jesus three times, denied Jesus three times, but when he came back and he repented, God restored him and he became one of the greatest apostles the world has ever seen. Gehazi, again, when he sinned, he didn't repent. What did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. Gehazi was supposed to become the next prophet to do double the amount of miracles that his master had done. He did not repent, and his life became bitter, not better. Rejection. Don't let rejection define you. Don't let rejection say, this is who you've become. If rejection defines you, you'll become bitter. But when rejection refines you, you'll become better. You'll start to walk in humility. And you'll attract God's presence wherever you go. It's then when you'll say every time, it's just the grace of God. People say, wow, look what gra- It's just the grace of God. It's nothing that I've done. It's what God is doing in me and through me. When you know it's God, it becomes easy. When you start to realize what kind of rejection Jesus went through, and he responded in grace, you'll lean towards that help in the Spirit, and you'll see God will help you, will assist you. Family, the greatest challenge that we face. We say one thing with our mouths, but we believe another in our hearts. When it comes to rejection and these kind of things, that stinking thinking, you have to change it. Because if you don't change it, the stinking thinking, it will start to leak. And people will see it in your actions. 
They'll see it and hear it in your words. Just think for one minute. I've got a wonderful little Maltese poodle. Have you seen those beautiful poodles? When they're washed and clean, they're so cute. This one, even if I have a piece of biltong, she smiles at me. You're like, adorable. You just want to play with her. She sleeps on the bed with my daughter, the cutest little thing. If I had it here, everybody would want to play with it. Especially when it's just been bathed, they put some powder on, she smells wonderful. But that cute little doggy, if she now goes outside there, and there's old garbage that's three months old or three years old, or maybe some other dogs have left some landmines on the grass, you know what I mean? And you take that and you rub this in this cute little doggy. And I take and I put her in that garbage of three months and three years old and I bring her in now. Who wants to play with the dog? Why? Because of the stench. The same way, don't think if you don't deal with the things on the inside that that stinking thinking of you won't start leaking after a while. Then you wonder, why don't people want to hang around you? They're not rejecting you. You should deal with what's going on on the inside. Hmm? When you change it on the inside, you'll see on the outside it will change automatically. But now if you stand here with all this stinking stuff in your heart, say, everybody thinks I'm stinking. The stench is leaking. They're not thinking it, they can see it. It's time to change. Let me close with this. I was only reading it last night. And I realized on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, he had been rejected by God and rejected by man. On the left and to the right of him were people hanging that was rejected by man. The cross had one goal to conform that man to the nature of the cross, to die. Both of them had an equal opportunity to respond in their time of rejection. The one rejected Jesus, said, stay away from me, I want nothing to do with you. But the other one responded to the grace and Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. And God just reminded me, Jesus has so accepted you Not just only now, but he said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many mansions. I'm not building a little shack. I'm preparing a mansion for you because I value you. I've accepted you. I've paid the price for you. I'm not just thinking now. I'm thinking in the future. I've gone to prepare a place for you. When you realize that God has not rejected you, but he's even preparing a place for you. We have no right to respond with rejection. We have no right to respond with sin. Even when people sin against us, people reject us. We have the revelation of God's grace, what He has done for us. We should have His mind and respond with grace. When people say nasty things and they reject us, respond with grace. When you respond with grace, you'll receive grace. You need to show grace because you still need a lot of of grace. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to turn your rejection into divine direction. The only reason 
we can have communion with the Father is because of your union with Jesus Christ. Because of our union with the Lord Jesus Christ. A matter of fact, when you hated Him, when you wanted nothing to do with Him, He said, I'll marry you. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to make myself one with you. You know, God has been challenging me concerning that. Because Christ and the body of Christ is the husband and the wife. We have no reason, even if we're the head of the house, to demand or to be harsh or to speak with an evil heart towards our wives. Because Jesus, while we hated Him, wanted nothing to do with Him. He loved us. Remember what Jesus or the Word of God came to Isaiah and said, go and marry the prostitute. And then after that, she's going to be unfaithful. But you remain faithful. It was to teach us there's a more excellent way. So even if our wives hate us and want to push us away, we should love them. There's hope. There's hope. Because Christ is on the inside of you. Because you've made a decision to put your trust in God. He can give you perfect peace. Even if there's things going on around you, keep your trust in God. Even if your husband has not changed, keep your trust in God. Keep your peace at all times. As you keep your peace, you'll be able to act in wisdom, in understanding, in the knowledge of the Lord, in the fear of the Lord, and make good decisions. Christ came so that you can be accepted. You have the grace, you have the ability to turn your rejection into divine direction. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.